One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. nine, nine. Are we on the air? BMX Voice Show. Boom. The MX Vice show. Four years in the making? Five years in the making, Lewis? Uh, for as long as I can physically remember. We've wanted to do this for a long, long time. So it's, uh, it's really good to, uh, to be here. It's uh, going to be a weekly show. Hopefully, uh, we'll keep you guys entertained. We want to try and tell our side of the story. And um, it, should be, uh, it should be good fun, hopefully. I hope. I'm sure there'll be a few tears and sad moments and moments where I want to punch a wall and you, but hey, they will be fun. And sometimes. a few uh, keyboard warriors. Don't forget the keyboard warriors. The keyboard warriors like me a lot. Well, like to <laughs> like to uh, be aggressive towards me a lot. Just like a few riders as well. Um, so in the studio today, we've got Lewis Phillips, who is... Uh, what, uh, I've already spoke before my introduction, but I'm here. Yeah. As everyone already knows, because I've already spoken. Yep. But I'm here, co-host. I think that is my title. Yeah. So, uh, Lewis Phillips, uh, look him up on the internet. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what? That, that's all you've got. The one thing you've got. That's basically. Uh, well, I'm still there's not much to say. So, still do the research for you yourself. Journalist of the year, but uh, you've been pipped to the post um, for the last four years. It's the uh, tortoise and the hare story, yeah. except the tortoise doesn't really move. Somehow they seem to get... There must be a shortcut to the post, I don't know. Okay, you're boring people now. Uh, also in the studio we have Sophie McGinn, who's uh, co-hosting or helping or... Assisting, uh, probably. Assisting, that's the one, assisting. And uh, <laughs> so Sophie will be bringing uh, the uh, questions from Spenny UK 71 mm-hmm. who has had way too many concussions over the years, uh, but believes that he's got something to, to offer. Spent a lot of his time drunk, apparently, I've read as well. Yeah, I think he is sponsored by Brewdog. <laughs> <laughs> also in the show, we've got our producer, Rob, um, without a mic. Um, that's not Mike. Mike's not here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not making that mistake again. No, no, we, no. we, we don't know Mike. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is going to be a weekly, a weekly show. Um, going to be around about two uh, hours, hopefully. Uh, two to three. On- Two to three. Depending on how tired we are from the GPs. Below two hours is too short a show, I think. Do you think? I get, if I listen to other podcasts and I see something below two hours, I like get a bit pissed off. Okay. So two to three. Maybe more. Okay. Maybe, maybe sometimes we'll have a lot to say. We'll go for six hours. Maybe we'll let the people judge. I th- <laughs> that scares me a lot, but sure, let's do that. <laughs> so um, hopefully you can understand me. I'm from the West Country, uh, where a motocross was actually made. Believe it or not. Um, I choose not to believe it, but I also don't really care. So Okay, yeah. Well, I just made that up anyway. <laughs> I'll just judge how it was real. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. Um, so, Lewis, fresh yes. from America. Yes, back uh, six days now. Did you and have a good holiday? Six days, I've done Hawkstone, driven back, driven here, which is, well, it took me five hours today, but that's a commitment 
that I'm bringing to the co-host chair. Yeah, but you as do long drive as you are uh, fifty miles an hour on the motorway, don't you? As long as you uh, as long as you match my commitment from the host chair, <laughs> we'll have no issues. Yeah, I should mention that uh, my name is James Burfield. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> what? right, I have been confused. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could like you know, kind of. You want me to introduce you? <laughs> maybe I don't know. So, so, so I'm the co-host, but the host, maybe considering <laughs> I'm doing this, is James Burfield. Well, it's, it's I just think of it this way: I get to do all the. The, the nothingness. I don't go to California. Oh, wow. I didn't used to go to GPs. I, I And now I don't even get an intro. You didn't used to go to GPs. Does that mean you're in this year? Yes, I'm coming to every GP, apart from Indonesia. Okay. Well, well this is actually going to be a fun little uh, thing to keep track of on the podcast, because you have a tendency to book flights and then just randomly choose to not turn up at the airport. Could we not say that whilst my bosses are probably listening? And you also get full refunds. <laughs> <laughs> But, right, so this is, because this, we're all playing this game internally of how many rounds you're going to make it. So, Argentina, we fly next Wednesday. Yes. Let's see if you're at the airport. Yes, I'm really looking forward to I will be. 14 hours on an economy uh, flight. Actually, oh, well, I probably shouldn't tell you this now. 14 hours is one of the flights. We also have two hours on a flight from here to Germany, and then we also have two hours... Why the hell are we going to Germany? <laughs> you're serious? I have told you, I've literally sent you a list of what we're doing. Why couldn't we go direct? I feel like this is a private conversation where you're probably going to hand, hand me a uh, P45 for my booking skills. Uh, well, I am busy next week, so uh, we'll see. Well, the, first, the, first time you, the first time you sent me to Argentina, I went from Heathrow to Amsterdam. Yeah, but you're on from YTS. Amsterdam, from Amsterdam to Frankfurt to Buenos Aires. Yeah, that's character building. You literally just sent me around Europe. I was on Lewis's Europe tour. Yeah, well, I just thought it'd be uh, good for you. And 14 days later, I arrived in Argentina. The GP had finished two weeks ago, and there was no content on MX Vice. Some people aren't grateful. Great opportunity you <laughs> oh, had. <wow. laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, moving on. So, um, yeah, so the reason why we started this show was because uh, there's some fantastic American podcast shows which uh, concentrate on the Supercross and Motocross series. And uh, we felt that there was a, a great opportunity here to... Um, Push the MXGP series and the MXGP riders. However, uh, one thing I'm not looking forward to is speaking Italian, German, Spanish, uh, Swedish. Uh, I'm just hoping that we can find some like-minded individuals who speak English. I think it's it's obvious why we've started it. Like MX Vice from the beginning was all about bringing stuff to Europe that America has and we don't. Mm-hmm. Like live tweets. It's the simplest thing. To think that no one was doing that in Europe until we started is mind-blowing. So we did that, and I was just kind of chugging along, doing our thing. Can, can I just throw in a little fact? Oh, God. Oh, you started live tweets before me. Well, we, we all know that. But yep. at the same time, eight years ago, uh, on a very cold Hawkstone day, wow. I managed to get a press pass and stood in front of uh, a monitor in the mechanics area with my iPad, and uh, that's where it started. And eight years later, I did exactly the same thing on Sunday. So we're progressing well. Yeah, I, I would like to say the business is evolved. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's us progressing or the event progressing. <laughs> yeah, uh, congratulations on Twitter for uh, carrying on. But yeah, um, yeah, we brought that in. We've kind of done other things like post-race podcasts. That was always meant to be a stepping stone to this. Yeah. but And we've talked about this for, what, two, three years? I think we've been telling people that we want to do it. I think it's longer, yeah. But I wanna, I've always told people, like, it has to be done right. Like, if we started two years ago with terrible mics and the, there was buzzing and the quality was terrible, what's the point? Like, I, there's nothing I can't stand more than when people roll stuff out that isn't ready for 
to be like just isn't good. So we've waited and I've just kind of put a lot of pressure on us <laughs> saying that this is going to be good, but yeah, well, well we're, we're screwed. But I, yeah, no, we're doing this every week, every Tuesday. I'll be here. You'll be here, maybe. And yeah, this is the MXY show, I guess. I, I knew that we were ready for the podcast show whilst I done my first karaoke in Sweden. And I left before you even got on karaoke because no. some of us had to uh, update MX Vice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, California was it good? Yeah, it was good. It's well, not much going on over here, is there? So, did you do any work? Uh, yeah, quite a lot actually. I okay. covered. I drove nine thousand miles in six weeks. How? I don't. Well, Oakland is a thousand two hundred miles each way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, um, I actually had to drive like eight hours to Oakland each way. Holy crap. Vegas. I did, I did Vegas at a pulp show. Which... So, uh, so Oakland's equivalent of... Well, I, love, I like this is, this is actually blown your mind a little bit. It has a little. Yeah. <laughs> like you actually had no clue what... Yeah. Whereas you probably thought we did like a half an hour drive to Oakland, it was eight hours with like no stopping. So that's like the equivalent of if you just drive into Scotland for a Supercross. I think it's further than that. Hmm? Wow. It's a waste of company resources. Well, yeah. But no, it was good. Six rounds... No, five rounds of Supercross we did. Yep. Uh, oh, t- tell me about uh, the East Coast. What happened to the East Coast? I don't think you want to talk about that. <laughs> I, t- I don't know what to say. We didn't yeah. make it to Minneapolis. It no. was snowing. So, and we were worried that you were going to get home. We were worried about that because we had a return flight that wasn't linked. So, yeah, And that, you needed to be here for Hallstone. There has been a lot of flight talk. A lot of flight talk in the first <laughs> 10 minutes. Welcome yeah. to the MX Vice Show Travel Agents of the Year 2018. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so Hawkstone this weekend uh, is a little bit different to last year with the uh, blizzard we encountered. It was nice. It was actually enjoyable to stand on the side of the track for once. Whereas last year, I wanted to just, I don't know. Cry? Just dig a hole in the sand and bury myself. <laughs> I did feel sorry for you as I left early and was waving outside of my warm truck. Oh yeah, last year at Hawkstone, uh, before the second motos, we all stood in a circle and you said, I'm going home. You guys can too if you want. <laughs> I stayed and did tweets and podcasts. Yeah. You went home. <laughs> yeah. And I felt great for yeah, it. Yeah. So congrats on, uh, congrats yeah. on well, staying we, the full length this year. You couldn't see anything anyway. And now people understand why there's a chance that maybe one of these weeks, the MX Vice show will begin on a Tuesday and James won't realize what day it is, what's going on, and that this is actually happening. So I might do host, co host, just be a one man band one week. We hope not, but. Well, it was no one to listen. Well, let the people decide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the weekend, Hawkstone. Yes. Uh, there's some uh, obviously good good performances by riders. And um, obviously we have to put this into perspective. It's uh, the first international. Okay, we've had the For Italian people. championship. Yeah, people, but yeah. this is kind of the warm-up to the GPs. So, um, you know, it's, it's, the first, it's the first time for, for people to kind of Pitch, pitch against each other, see where they are. But at the same time, you have to be a realist. It's a, you know, Hawkstone's a great event for, for, for us in the UK who get to see, uh, you know, GP riders who we don't get to see too many of these days, apart from... You're, put, you're putting, you said we, we see GP riders every single weekend. I, mean, I, I yeah. was like, the we as in, we. I'm a the fan. We. I'm a yeah. fan. Oh, okay. So um, let's face it, I'm not a very good journalist. So um, yeah, I'll just keep sticking myself that, down as a that fan. Was a sad, that was a sad <laughs> moment on the podcast. <laughs> well, actually, it goes back to uh, my thought process on, I started um, doing live updates and the last live update I done was in 2014 when you basically sacked me. 
I was very mad at my boss. I was I don't even know if I was being paid at that point, but I was still very mad at my boss. <laughs> yeah. I actually got sacked by an uh, yeah, uh, an employee with who wasn't paid. Halfway through the GP, I just saw a tweet that James had done because at that point I was doing MXGP and MX2 and you were doing EMX125 tweets. And I looked at my phone and it was it was uh, well, I, I, how do I how do I be nice? It was it was subpar. If we if we're on a scale of out of 10, it was about a 1. Free. I don't think anybody had a problem with it, apart from you. I had a big problem with it. Look, if you're from the West Country, we support each other. So me putting Conrad News. News? news. Conrad <laughs> News? Yeah. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, now you see why the tweet was so bad. Yeah. We'll, I think we'll just move on. So, Hawkstone. Um, oh, we're back here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hawkstone the weekend. Um, ben Watson uh, obviously had a, an up and down day, or mostly down which was a shame because um, Ben's been looking really good. I'm glad you started there because uh, it's easy to talk about the winners, but I think that these people are more interesting. And he did have a, it, it was a mess. Like as far as days go, it, it was a mess. Like a uh, chain came off in the first race, clutch went in the second race. At some point in there, he switched to a, uh, his practice bike, spare bike. And then he started the third race with no clutch. And uh, yeah, you can guess how that went. So yeah, like you can't judge the guy off of that. Like what's he supposed to do with all of that? Yeah. And, and let's face it this is what these races are for yeah therefore you know you're going to get these little mistakes you're going to get you know whether it's you know, whether it's you know something wrong with a chain or well, the, who the knows clutch but... issue was um he switched to the hydraulic clutch after uh, the nations last year mm-hmm. and this is the first time they've had issues with it so like i when i spoke to him after the race i asked him like you've had it was a mess it was terrible like is there any point in even being here like is this just a write-off of a day and he was glad that they found that clutch issue at a race that means nothing. So Exactly. Like there is always things to learn. Yeah. And obviously people like there's always going to be people who look at the results and go, Oh, what happened? Like he was so good last year. He was that good. And he sometimes, still is that good. Sometimes stuff happens. Yeah. And these things happen. And come Argentina, I think he'll be good. Just from speaking to him, I think his mind is firmly on Argentina. Like if he could get to Argentina now. Yeah, he'd be there. It's it's interesting you say that because I spoke to quite a few of the riders the weekend, and they all seem to be in the same mindset that they just want to get to the GP. I feel like like there's some riders who are doing three Italian Championship rounds, Hawkstone, and then La Capelle. Like I swear, six years ago, people weren't doing five preseason races. Well, interestingly, uh, Argentina is going to be round six for them. Well, it's round eight for me from all the races <laughs> I've done this year, and I'm already feeling it a little yeah, bit, so I can't care. even imagine. Um, yeah, we all feel sorry for you. Uh, you went there. Um, anyway, so, you know, th- for those who are, are kind of expected to turn up and, and, and see Ben do really well, these are just how things happen. This, it, But it's good to get this stuff over and done with at the start of the year. This is why you test stuff. Half of the bikes on the line are probably not even race bikes. Well, yeah, what, like, off the top of my head, Tommy was on his spare bike. I think Max Anstey was on his uh, race bike. I presume Simpson was on his race bike because the team had the full setup, like the awning, which no one else had. Uh, who else do we know? There's a, like, a lot of a majority of people weren't on their full race bikes, yeah. and then at that point, like Tommy literally just had his boss suspension, and that was it. Yeah. So like, you can judge off results, but if you go beyond that, like Tommy rode bloody well with a in a situation like that, and on sand too. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the crash was no fault of his own. Oh wow! Oh, I actually forgot about that. Uh, that was a big one. He was lucky to heard, get away. Did you see it? 
I didn't see it, but I, I, I kind of watched his wife's face and um, I think I didn't really need to ask any questions. I haven't, because... I literally, I've spoken to so many people and no one saw it. I don't know why, but I've asked as many people as I possibly can and no one saw it. But it sounds like... It was a mid-air collision. Yeah, but it sounds like Jazakonis was trying to make a pass. So if he was trying to make a pass, that kind of sounds like Tommy was holding his line and Jazakonis was trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. No? Like... That's how those things typically work. Like, if Tommy wasn't trying to make something happen, then what was it like? He would have just been jumping the jump. Whereas yeah. Jazakonis, it sounds like Jazakonis was trying to pinch him off in the following corner. Yeah. And I don't think he realized that Tommy was right alongside him. But obviously, yeah, things went down. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I, I just know from uh, the, the guys in the JWR camp and, and the way they were talking, I mean, they were just, you know, kind of quite relaxed. They were saying, this is. This, this, this is practice. This is, you know, we need to just get through this, see what the bike's like, see what you're like. Um, this is a good bit of practice, good bit of, of fitness. Don't make mistakes. Uh, if just, just leave, leave, leave 10% in the tank. I think that's the idea. I don't think uh, the boss team felt that relaxed after that crash. I heard they went through a lot of spares to get that thing straightened out for the second race. And obviously everyone, everyone goes in planning for it to be a relaxing day, but all it yeah. takes is one crash, one rider to block past you, and then someone to get heated, and yeah, I mean, there you go. You're battling like it's down for a world championship. I mean, just off the top of my head, you could say that... Uh, so Tommy had quite a big one. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam Sterry, I think he had one in the super final on lap two or something like that. He came in straight away. I think he was just kind of, I'm going I'm to... I've done well today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Uh, who else? Oh, obviously, Brad Anderson. He had a big one. Oh, well, um, I don't even know if that was a big one. Because again, I haven't spoken to anyone who saw it. But from what happened to his uh, helmet, I'd say it was a big one. Yeah. But who knows? So, and I think, was it Liam Knight as well? Had a... Oh, I don't know. I think Liam Knight may have crashed as well. So, so, I mean, I might be wrong. Um, but It's the same as anything, isn't it? Like, if you look at the Italian championship the week before... Geyser crashed, Fevre crashed, Vlandering crashed. The reason Vlandering wasn't at uh, Hawkstone, because he was down on the entry list, was because his back hurt from uh, the start crash with Fevre and Mantle. Right, okay. So, th- th- again... So, it's a great idea racing these pre-season internationals. <laughs> it's, really, it's really going well for a lot of guys. So, I mean, th- you know, the, the other thing with... Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Hawkstone International, and it's, the, the other thing which I'm, I really love is, is the fact that so many people... English people go out to to watch this. I mean, they're, they're excited to see the GP riders, and I mean, we're talking crashes. I mean, Hurlins injured, and in, in, that's the whole reason he wasn't there. Uh, what what other well, riders? He we... didn't actually crash when he uh, broke his foot. Okay, I don't, he just I... landed off a jump, like too close. Like it was one of those tracks where you have like a bank built up around it, like you know, like I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a typical Europe thing. Okay, and I think he landed too close to that. And like, didn't crash, didn't drag his foot off the foot peg or anything. Just landed too hard, and um, that was all she wrote. An impact. Yep. Okay. Um, so, what are the riders we missing from? You mentioned Vlandering. Uh, uh, Coldenoff wasn't there, obviously. Yeah. But he's going to be in Argentina. Okay. Uh, I don't think the team were expecting much, but he's pretty much going there for points. Has that been confirmed? Uh, to me, it has. Okay. Cool. I don't know if it's out there in the world, but it is now. Okay. Uh, Strybos was missing. Strybos, yeah, I know Strybos. Yeah, uh, he's out for six to eight weeks. I think he thinks he's going to race Matterly. Yeah. Uh, he thinks, being yeah. a key word there, but he should be back by what? 
the end of April. Yeah, it's a big injury. He's in he's in a cast at the moment, and they said six to eight weeks, but it's a two and a half centimeter tear of of uh, the tendon. It's a weird one because he can actually ride with it. Like when I was out in California with him, it was bugging him then, and he was riding and riding well. But obviously, if you want to uh, hit the level of MXGP, then uh, riding at fifty percent with pain in your elbow isn't ideal. No. No, so it's it's an, it's interesting start to the season with uh, a few injuries or whatever. I mean, that, that that's where we kind of it, our preseason is a good idea because some of the riders I spoke to were just you know and kind of I just want to make sure I'm 100 percent for the first round. You're playing with fire effectively, but there is there is there are gains to make, like we said. Like yeah, the, I'd hate to testing. be in that situation. Yeah, though. fitness. I know it's the same old thing. Everyone says it like you can crash anywhere. Yeah. True. You could be I mean, practicing. I'm pretty sure the Fevra wouldn't have had a start crash at Red Sand. No. So that theory goes out the window there, but we'll <laughs> let the uh, keyboard warriors crack on. So um, also, uh, I mean, some of the things what we we, we kind of discussed uh, on Sunday was the fact that um, there, there's got to be a way of making these pre-seasons actually more MXGP friendly, uh, which would make actually more riders want to participate. So, for instance, a concrete start. You know, just simple things like you suggested would be to bring the mesh gates in. Yeah, this is something that I, well, however many years I've been going to Hawkstone International as media, like this is the first time that I started to get a sense that the teams, the riders were beginning to think that maybe Hawkstone Park isn't good prep for uh, the MXGP season because they're not going to be on a concrete start again. The track's old school, the track's quite narrow in spots, like there's a lot of things that go against it as far as like trying to learn things that you can take to Argentina, which, okay, it's similar kind of soil, but it's flat out, there's big jumps, like completely different. Yeah. But I don't know if that would change. Like, I don't know if, well, I feel like if they got rid of the concrete start, then people would go absolutely insane. But maybe they have to do that. I don't think they would. I mean, it, have, you, have you seen the Hawkstone Facebook pages <laughs> comments? Yeah, no, I've um, I, I I speak to Carly regularly uh, just for the fun factor of hoping that they take out the Hawkstone Hill and just see everybody kick off. And like the super final is obviously a unique thing that I don't know. Like it seems to be this thing that preseason internationals do for some reason. Like La Capelle do it at the Italian Championship. Yeah. Do it. I don't, I don't think there's any benefit. I don't know I, who I decided. Think... Like who decided that? Hey, uh, if you're running a preseason international, people, uh, yeah, you're going to need a super final. I don't think you have to be an expert in motocross to to know that there's there's nothing to gain from a 250 racing against a like, 450. If okay, so Hawkstone, say Hawkstone at the weekend had a concrete start. Yeah. Two 30 minute MX2 motos. Two 30 minute MX1 motos. Yeah. The spectators aren't really losing out. I don't think there's anyone stood there who like just wants the MX2 and MX1 races to go away so they can get to the super final. I think they should do it a bit more fun, where um, they uh, like take off their helmet and their goggles. Or, I and have their no gloves. idea where this is going. They, they put them all into the center of the start straight, run to the start straight, get on their, their helmet and, and gloves. Let's get it old school. That may be the worst thing that I've ever heard come out of your mouth. Wow. I've definitely done worse. I, I've actually lost for words at that. Well, I, th- I think. We I can... mean, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Thanks. Go yeah. and uh, go and write it in your notebook and go and oh. pitch it to people, and then uh, yeah. Brilliant. Well, we'll see how far you get with that one. On that note, I'm going to go and get a cup of tea and your notebook. Okay. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Twenty Four MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favourite brands at discounted prices, so head over to Twenty Four MX.com to shop now. Lewis. Yes. 
That was very intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. So, uh, Lewis Phillips, as MX Vice editor, yep. um, what's this, your third or fourth year of GPs? It's my fifth. Thank you for keeping track. Okay. I've been here longer than you thought, but yep. Jesus, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fifth year doing GPs, and I became editor in 2014. I didn't realize we were going through the whole life story. Oh, no, I, I just was generally offering up a little bit of a uh perspective okay uh given that uh, do, you, do you want to shout out your social media handles i know uh, fine but at underscore lewis phillips on instagram would do well with a follow okay and you do put a lot of effort into your instagram i do yeah so if you're really into sort of catalog shots um looking into stun sunset staring um and also uh great for for tinder profile it is yeah. i mean i think it is but it's not going very well so I think we'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, so, with your experience uh, of past pre-seasons, uh, I mean, what, what, going into Hawkstone, who kind of, who surprised you? I think it's easy, isn't it? Like, Monticelli just, I don't know. I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that's the new normal. I don't know if that's how fast he was last year. I just don't know what that was. I mean, he was good last year at points. No, I think he had a. I think last year, I you know, I'm no expert, but he he definitely came up with with a few breakout results. Oh yeah, I think he slipped into the top ten one or two times. Yeah, and but still that like that top ten is nothing like he did. Like he beat Max Anstey, maybe not straight up, but he still won the race or the super final at least. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, I was surprised. I feel like this standing construct KTM thing is like working out well for everyone. They seem to be happy. Everyone seems to be like really happy. Even when like you turn the recorder off and you like ask seriously behind the mic or whatever, everyone seems really happy of everything. Yeah. I mean, we were both sat down at breakfast at the Holiday Inn Express in uh, Pops Max. Um, happy to see us. He seemed, you know, pretty relaxed. I've, you know, it seemed a different Max to last year. Yeah, I think I think it just seems like a relaxed program where what the rider wants or needs, the rider gets. Okay. And I think that works for some people. And I don't think maybe Monticelli's never been in a situation like that before. And I'm sure riding with Max in the off-season's brought him along a bit. I don't think that this means that we should expect him to be top five in Argentina. But it's still nice for him to, like, do something, which sounds really bad. But it is nice. <laughs> it's good for it. It's like... Finishing on the podium in a preseason international is something that he will look back on and be like, that was a highlight of my career. So, I mean, I've got to be honest, the, the one person who um, surprised me this weekend, and, and maybe it's because of uh, last year's results, maybe, um, was Max Nagel. I thought I didn't think you were going to go that way. I thought he was, yeah, I don't know. I think I just kind of... Really? I think he was just what I expected. No. I think so. He didn't really... He was just kind of there. But, he didn't like. But last year he wasn't. He was on a TM. But don't hold that I, against I, him. I think I think we've just like last year he was on a TM. This year he's on a KTM. So by adding, <laughs> by adding the K, yeah, that seems to do a lot for a guy. I don't know, but but it, wasn't he on a stock bike? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I spoke to him. I'm pretty sure he was. I mean, I I was just surprised. I was just surprised to see him. Um, he looked comfortable. He didn't look. You know, out of control, he looked quite reserved. But I guess if he you was want to like, he was kind of just similar to Max Anstey, as in he was there, didn't make any mistakes, put himself in good positions, and came out second overall. So like, yeah. I think um, 
I think I think what one thing was cool. What you can kind of see with those riders, they they ride smart. Yeah, see experience versus youth, I guess. But then that's crazy to say that Max Hansty's now a wily old vet, <laughs> second year. But I guess that is a, I guess that is the uh, situation we find ourselves yeah. in now. So, um, anybody else? MX One wise, yeah. Harry, Co- okay, let's play a game. Uh, where did uh, Harry Kulas finish overall? Uh, I want to say fourth. Oh, you so know, you so knew that. I did not. That was a guess, but what I did notice was every time I looked at the top five coming around, he was there or thereabouts. Yeah, he was the first like non-regular GP rider, I guess. I mean, the cab screen team have got to be kind of clasping their hands a little bit tighter, thinking, "Is this our year?" Yeah, well, it's a completely different conversation because it's British Championship, but I know. But he's a consistent rider, rides well within his means. He knows the British Championship. I mean, it's, it's that's a great signing. Yeah, and it's good to see another team step up, and for a team like that, which compare that team to standing construct KTM. And they were just, what, one position behind one of their riders in the overall results? Like, that's where these preseason internationals are cool because you get riders in positions that they typically wouldn't be in and, like, people mixing with riders that they normally wouldn't. Like, adding all of the GP riders in there, Harry Kulas would be 14th and 16th. Like, it puts a different perspective on things, and that's where it's tough to judge. Like, okay, he finished fourth. Had Tommy Sell not got cleaned out, I shouldn't say that because we don't know definitely, had Tommy Sell not hit Jazakonis in the air, he would have, probably would have been ahead of him. Sean Simpson, if he hadn't dislocated his shoulder, probably would have been ahead of him. And there, you've got two British championship riders that uh, beat him. So, like, it's easy to get caught up in the results and everything. And that's great. Like, results, you've got to be in it to win it, all of that shit. But there's always more to these preseason internationals with their weirdness. Yeah, I think... Meets the eye. For those who weren't there the weekend, I think one of the, the, the standout things for me was a start. I mean, you had to have that start. A lot of the riders that I spoke to, and again, I'm no expert, but they, they all mentioned it was very one-liney, as in there was one fast race line, and any time you went away from that race line, it was just slower. And not only that, when you came on the inside, it just felt slippy. I think that's, yeah, apparently underneath it was way slicker than any other year, because it, I guess it hadn't rained there for days before. But yeah, supposedly it was quite soft on top and then deceiving underneath, which uh, another fun game for you. When I spoke to Max Anstey after the race, he said that this track uh, was similar to one track that he rode on last year. Okay. Uh, uh, you got three guesses. What was it? Okay, I'm going to go Valkensvar. No. I'm going to go Turkey. No. Did you listen to my podcast? Uh... uh... Actually, no, it's quite clear. I, yes, it's quite clear, I, it's quite clear at this point that you did yeah, not listen I, to the podcast. I thought you'd done really well the weekend. Okay, um, anyway, back to the game. You've got one more guess. Okay. Uh, Matley? Uh, no, Redbud. So this great historic circuit that everyone likes to ramble on about is uh, apparently similar to Redbud, wow. according to Max Anstey. I, I think I would still be here tomorrow. I'm trying to guess <laughs> that one. No, but yeah, perhaps, well, obviously not the layout, the jumps and everything, but the soil, like Red... Uh, from everyone I spoke to, Redbud was in a similar way where it was deceiving underneath. Like it looks like you've got all this traction, like a nice berm to bury it into, and there's just nothing there underneath. And we're and we're talking about across nations oh, when yeah, it's wet. Yeah, it's not course. not this isn't like when it was dry. No, no, no. Okay. But yeah, compared to so that's what riders were drawing uh, comparisons to. And I think I heard someone else say that as well. I laughed when I got told because I thought it was a joke, but apparently well, gi- not. Given the conditions in MXON, that that's quite a statement. Yeah, that maybe says something about Redbud, or it says something about Hawkstone. Yeah, interesting. I mean, um, 
you know, we we talked a little bit before the the uh, the break, so we don't need to go back into that. But um, given the conditions, given the the uh, the track in 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 how people performed in MX2, do you see anybody getting close to Prado from from the weekend? I think it's impossible to say from Hawkstone, especially considering MX2 was just chaos. Like it was just chaos which maybe comes back to what you were saying about the track being one-lined because people are trying things that won't work. Yeah. But it was a mess, really. But, but Sterry looked good. Sterry did look good. Sterry was... Uh, I, I'd say he was my biggest surprise. Well, not only did he get the start, which was obviously beneficial to any rider, but he was able to pull away. But sneaky little secret about his starts, he was on that outside gate. Yeah. Which, if you're on pole position at Hawkstone, you go to that outside gate and you can kind of get off of the sand onto like the harder soil. Yeah. Which is kind of like the uh, little trick. And some people told me that they don't think he would have got all the hole shots had he not had that gate. So so you've just let the cat out of the bag. So next year, everybody's Oh, everyone go. knows that anyway. Go oh. back through any old photo of Hawkstone. I think Hurlins last year, outside gate. If I ever get pole position at Hawkstone, outside gate. Even though I'd do absolutely nothing with it. But... I'd love to see that. <laughs> love to see that. Oh, uh, but yeah, Sterry, no. I was amazed, blown away, all of that. And then I started to second-guess myself and wonder if this is just Sterry when he's healthy. Because when was the last time we saw Sterry healthy? Like, fully healthy? Yeah, not for a while. Not for years. So maybe this is just him. Like, had he been healthy all last year, maybe we would have seen this. Yeah, interesting. I, I followed the team on, um, on social media, and obviously, uh, Daruva is quite a, an interesting character. He's... He's I don't think my... he was happy that he threw away the second race. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't, but um, they they do seem happy. And I, like he said to me, like speed's never been an issue. He was uh, when he was with uh, Steve Turner in 2017. Uh, he was leading that race at Assen, like no problem. 2016, sorry. Yeah, he was leading that race at Assen. So speed isn't an issue. It's keeping it upright, and uh, yeah, it turned out to be an issue at Hawkstone as well because he would have won. So is it surprising or is it same old story? But is the uh, conundrum that was giving me a headache in pit lane. Okay, so two other riders which uh, kind of flew under the radar. Uh, Olsen. I don't know if Olsen flew under the radar if he just was generally quite average. Do you think? I don't think he really... Well, starts hurt him. Yeah. But I don't think there was any point where you kind of noticed him and was like, oh, there's Olsen coming through. Like, maybe I think too highly of him, but I feel like Olsen should have, in the conditions and everything, should have gone there and been either one, been dominant, or at least been in the mix. Like, he didn't really show what he's got, but I don't think. Fourth in the super final. Okay, yeah, super final, but I don't really... Against four fifty. Yeah, it's a super final. Like, it's whatever. It's, yeah. it's weird. Who cares? People dropped out. I just, I'm more uh, interested in the MX2 well, results. I, I'd just like to say I appreciate your work, Thomas. Um, wow. Even if, if Lewis didn't the weekend. Can't believe he went there. Just looking at the MX2 results, though, he was fifth overall behind Bas Vassen. And again, starts hurt him. And on that track, it was one line, like we covered, all of that. But yeah, I expected more. If To be honest, if he was third overall, I still would have expected more. So maybe I just had too high expectations. So another standout rider from the weekend, Jago Gertz. Oh, I think you're going to shout at me again. Standout, yay one. I think I still expected more. But I feel like maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I just expect more from these people. Well, I mean... He's a second and a fourth, but like... But last year was his rookie year. 
And yeah, the year it was before, a bloody good rookie year. Yeah, and the year before, what class was he in? Uh, EMX two fifty. No, uh... no, one two five. Oh, oh, now my memory's playing tricks on me. No, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, one two five. I'm sure he won the one two five champ EMX one two five championship and skipped I sh- I... EMX two fifty. Hold up, actually, no, don't hold up. Just keep talking about Gertz. I'm going to Google this. Okay. I can't believe that you don't know this. Yeah, I know. And it's pissing you're like me a, off. You're like a walking encyclopedia of I th- motocross. I think I know it, but I think you've... Um... I think I could be right and you could be wrong. And I'm not the expert. Hold up. I'm just a host. But um, crack on. You feel free to talk about Gertz because I really need to Google this. Well, I'm just saying, I, I just thought that... Um... He was in the 125s, James. He was in the 125s. Actually, I... no, wait. Hold up. I was on the wrong year. We're... <laughs> Right, well, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, just play some hold music or something. That, 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 that's for you to, to, to say now, whether I'm right or wrong. Ah, ah. He was in EMX 250. You questioned me. You made me doubt myself. He was in EMX 250. And how did he do in the EMX 250? Seventh in a championship. Okay. You uh, I questioned me. You laughed at me. And how old is he now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd imagine he's got to be like 19, 18. I, I'm guessing that you need to brush up a little bit on... Um... On Yago Gertz. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got to be 18, 19. And... No, I think, last... I think... I think it's just hard to judge these people because like... Gertz was on the podium last year, twice I think. And behind but... him in the results were Sterry, Harrop, Vassen, who've never been on a podium. So when I look at him and compare to those riders, I expect him to be a step above. And naturally, like, Yamaha probably expect that from him. Do you think? And, uh, Do you think they expected him to outperform well, Watson and, not, I didn't say and Watson Brian Lyakov last year? Oh, last year? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, but I'm talking about now. And I'm talking about Hawkstone. Okay, so you think his stock's risen because oh, yeah. of yeah. the performances last year. We can no longer it was think just of another him as, kind uh, of quiet. Yeah, I don't think you can consider him like a rookie and give him the benefit of a doubt on that now, I think. Really? He's still quite young. Yeah, but he's on his second year. Okay. Well, a lot he, of is he nearly finished? Yeah. <laughs> Second year, it's downhill from him, isn't it? No, but like a lot of uh, I don't want to get into this debate, but a lot of guys who do things in the sport by their second year, they're doing they're like move progressing in the results and yeah. winning races. Well, and I, I expect him to win races this year. But also think about the end part of last year because he broke his collarbone, and then when he came back, he wasn't as a, I wouldn't say as effective, but he wasn't. You know that that little break cost him a little bit. Yeah, but, but it was good. You know, all I'm thinking is that from 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 last year coming back into this year, he looks fast. He looks fast, and he won. So I, I don't even know what we're talking about because it sounds like a great weekend, doesn't it? But I just I don't know. Second okay, and a fourth. So that's I, Thomas and Diego. <laughs> yeah, you've now got an issue. Yeah, there's with. A, not an issue. I have high expectations because I'm a nice guy and I believe in these people. Okay, okay, we'll leave it there. So I, well, no, we're not leaving it there because oh, now okay. you're going to get me in trouble. So looking at Hawkstone going in, yeah, I had my list, and I think I had Olsen, Gertz, Watson as like my people who I thought would be back. No Sterry, Ben Sterry, and Muse, and then Harrop, Vassen, and these people. Okay, that was like turned upside down. So I'm just scratching my head at a lot of the things. So did you learn anything from the weekend about why Sterry? Uh, you know, what did you have in sixth? You know, in, uh, in, fourth, in finishing fourth, that okay. changed me. So, did you learn anything the weekend about you know why Sterry's come out so hot? Oh uh, yeah, I learned that Sterry is Sterry, and when Sterry is Sterry, he's going to go really fast, and he's going to make mistakes. But he knows that 
Yeah. And I think he's trying to fix that based on uh, what he told me after the race. Like that, it sounds like that has been a focus of the off season. Like, okay. And it keep was... it on two wheels. And is that a mental thing? I thought it was a mental thing, but apparently Daruva's been a major help with that. So like, I wondered how you can get inside someone's head and stop them from throwing it away. But apparently they're like moving his levers, moving his handlebars around, like trying to just find this little sweet spot where, I don't know, maybe he's a bit more in control, which is obviously what he needs because mistakes have cost him, uh, well, all through his professional career. And now he's in his final year of MX2, which is quite insane to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's in his last year. No, exactly. Because he's been so injured all the time and there's been these little mistakes that just keep costing him, costing him, costing him. But maybe now this is Steri. Maybe this is like, maybe Steri's going to come out in Argentina, set the fastest time in free practice and then like set the tone for I've got speed. Okay. But cool. we, we know he's got speed. Yeah. Show me you can't crash, which he kind of did. So great work. That's, that's what I'm here to say. Okay, cool. So um, on Hawkstone then, Yes. What did you learn? Oh, what did I learn? Uh, I learned that Steri... <laughs> um, what did I learn? I learned that Harrop is going to MX2, which I have been strongly behind since the middle of last year. But hold on. So this is where I, what I find quite interesting. When I these will riders... fight you over Harrop going to MX2 if you disagree. I, I like my chances. <laughs> um... <laughs> So um, my, my thought process is, and I don't know, you know, when looking back to um, Adam Sterry, Conrad Mies, it, it, did they go up too early? They, they were kind of looking really good in the MX250, then went up to MX2, halfway through the MX250 championships, um, and then they kind of struggled. I'm going back. So do you think this, I, I'm just asking a question, you're the expert, do you think that this could happen again? Is this a... Well, quickly on the riders you said, when Sterry went up to MX2 and when Steve Turner folded up his team, I'm pretty sure I asked him if he had one regret or one thing he'd change, and he said he would have put Sterry up earlier. Really? Yes. So, okay. food for thought. But Harrop, uh, I think he needs to be in MX2 because I think he knows that he's the fastest EMX250 rider. Yeah. And I think he knew that last year, even though it was his first year, and he just kept crashing and crashing and crashing. And it stopped him from his results from really saying what they should have said and being that impressive. But if you were there, which is kind of the benefits that we have from the position we're in, you can just see that he's got something. And I think that by moving up to MX2, he's not going to expect as much of himself, which maybe is a problem that leads him to riding over his head and forcing the issue. And okay, this is how I kind of look at it. If he was in the MX250 this year and he was running third, I think he'd think to himself, I need to win this. I need to win this push, crash. If he's in MX2 and he's running the equivalent of third in the MX250, which is, say, I don't know, 13th, instead of kind of pushing himself beyond his limits, I think he'll say, this is good, I'm learning, I'm, like, this is where I need to be. I'm not expected to be on the podium yet. And I think that will give him the room to kind of grow and progress. Whereas I think if he's in the MX250, he's not going to go anywhere for a year. Because we know he can win. We know he's fast. Like, his EMX2, his EMX career is closed now. We've got all of the data we know. He's on a factory team. Like We know what Mikhail Harrop is. Now we're just going to find out what he is as an MX2 rider. And that, that is actually one of the most exciting uh, parts of 2019 for me. But we should add, he's only doing European rounds. This, like, he was planning to do EMX250. It was only decided this month that he's moving up to MX2 after his uh, results at the Italian Championship. 
and obviously budgets are done at that point. So to get him to Argentina and stuff, it's too expensive, I guess, but he's going to be at every European round. Maybe if uh, Jackie Martin's rider gets injured, that will open the door for him to do uh, Indonesia and these things and China. But yeah, as it stands, he's going to be at every European round. And I'm, I've got, I've quietly got quite high expectations. Okay, well, watch this space. I think I've just like really picked him, really sold you on him. I'm uh, would you like to buy Mikkel Harrop uh, stock <laughs> now or yeah, later? I was going to say, are you a chief merchandiser uh, this year or? I don't know. I'm, I'm a believer. Put yeah. it that way. And I still I see as well. things. Um, so, interestingly, the weekend, um, Dylan Walsh. I mean, I did, didn't did see that coming. I mean, the first race, I'm not sure what happened, whether it was a mechanical or crash. Um, crash but, in the first turn. Okay, thank you. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I did, I did not see him winning the second race. Can I uh, defend myself from the Twitter people for a moment on what, this topic? What have you done? Right, so I didn't watch one in the second race, and I said that it was an upset. Apparently, the Twitter world doesn't think this is an upset. So I need to explain myself, because I mean to reply to these people, but I haven't got there yet, right? Okay. Okay. Like I said before, I had these. I had the list of people who I expected, so uh, Watson, Olsen, Gertz, like... The people who you know are going to be up there. For Walsh to win a race, his first race as a full-time MX2 rider, I guess you'd call it, whatever label you want to put on it. For him to win a moto against those people in the sand at a preseason international, that's an upset to me. Not because he isn't capable, but for him to actually do it is, and so soon, that is what I consider an upset. And that is what people were yelling about at me about on Twitter. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Twitter people right, that, it, that, that, that's what I've got to say it's interesting you say that because it is bloody interesting I say that well we kind of spoke to um, I think it was Crockard what introduced us to Dylan and Jed Beaton it, I think it was Kegums was it two years ago oh wow that is, yeah. I, was, yeah. I thought you were talking about recently I was going to say no but if, if, you, if you look back to that and, and you look at their performances there in the sand I mean it was I don't think they mind us saying this it, it was not great so th- how he's come on in the last two years? I will, I'll argue against myself again. I seem to be doing that. I seem to be like building up my point and then knocking it down again. He did do well last year where you can expect him to kind of do things like the Tushantal qualifying race. He was doing it as a wild card for me MX250. And uh, he was running eighth. I don't think he finished eighth, but he was running eighth. So he can. So he, he does glimpses. have a speed. And that Diga bike, the Diga Procross bike he was on last year, isn't as good as the Revo Husqvarna from everyone I speak to. Okay. Sounds like they had suspension problems last year, and I don't know. Sounds like he just wasn't very comfortable. Okay. So, I think you can expect him... Let's say, if he finishes sixth in Argentina, I'll shrug my shoulders and be like, eh, that's about... Eh, yeah. That's about what I expect, maybe. Like, I'm not too shocked. For him to win a race at Hawkstone Park, that's a surprise. Okay. Because it's a unique thing, isn't it? Like, it's old school. How many times have these riders raced Hawkstone Park? Yeah. Oh, you don't have a number on that? (laughs) Funny enough, no. (laughs) No, no, but you get what I mean. Like, it was a surprise, but I expect him to do well this year. Okay. I don't know what number to put on it, though. I've kind of given myself, dug myself in a bit of a hole here. But I expect him to be consistently top 10. And on a team like Revo, which in the grand scheme of things, I'd guess you'd say is new now it's a world championship team. Well, it's their first year in MXP. it's, It's the old new, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But I kind of think he's one to watch. Not on a Harrop level. Like, I'm buying stock in Harrop in bucket loads. I might, 
I might, danger, yeah. so we've been down this road before. I mean, first you were built, uh, you built up Ben, and wait, when was this? You threw Ben under the bus. When was this? Uh, Sixteen, when he was on a Tachy KTM. Oh, I, yeah, the riders who I seem to believe in do seem to randomly I get hit by bad luck. I think it'd be for Mikhail's benefit and everybody else's. I think maybe you should climb off. But I'm, I'm buying stock in bucket loads for Mikhail. This is going to end in tears. And then I'll buy a little bit for Dylan. I, I, I believe. I believe. I don't believe he's got the same raw speed as Mikhail. I don't believe he's got... Okay, yeah, I don't believe he's got the same raw speed as Mikhail. But I think consistency-wise, he could kind of match him result for result by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, yeah, that wasn't really a talk about Hawkstone. I kind of went on there. I got well got on my soapbox, but... Uh, no, soapbox is good. I mean, this is what the people want to hear. I, and, I mean, we did kind of get gifted that win at Hawkstone. I mean, sorry, not sorry, but Sterry, Sterry crashed. And again, you've got to be in it to win it. Yes, I know, like, brilliant. But Sterry had that one. But we've talked about Sterry enough. Like, I've said Sterry so many times on this podcast or whatever the hell this is. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing his name. Well, interesting. I, I, another uh, insight what I got the weekend was, um, I don't know if you knew, but Bob Bruchev's only been on the bike for uh, less than a month. Yeah, this confused me. Because he did an Instagram post saying that his wrist is all jacked up, and I literally have heard nothing. I I didn't either, but supposedly, um, well, supposedly he obviously mentioned to me that um, yeah, he had a, a practice crash, and uh, his wrist his wrist doesn't look the greatest, doesn't seem to have much flexibility in it. Hold up, I'm gonna text him. But, Keep talking um, about Bob Chef, and I'm gonna find out what's going on. But um, the other thing as well is uh, he said that it, it you know. It wasn't giving him any arm pump issues or anything else, but he just said, you know, it's, it's, the track was particularly brutal f- having come back from that injury the weekend. Yeah, like, I guess his results were still, well, I think he was eighth overall. Like, that's still respectable. Like, well, considering he was injured, like, that is quite a good level to be at. Yeah. I mean, again, you go into, like, he got beaten by Harry Kulas, he got beaten by Petr Petrov, like, so that scares you a little bit for GPs. Yeah, but Well, I think... if he's even racing GPs, I'm going to go back to texting him. <laughs> but um, you know that the other thing with you know you've got you got Barbashev, you've got other riders out there, and I think a few British riders for me sort of um, stood out on the day. I mean, one was Tom Neil, what had a fantastic start. I think he held um, was it second? Uh, I think on the lap one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for the first five or six laps, he was still within the top ten. I think he faded back a little bit after. There's John Adamson. Um, who also popped up in uh, MX1, Tony Craig. Uh, he's one of my favorite riders just because I know of the, of the, you know, how tough it is for him. He's got, uh, you know, twins. He's uh, come travels down from Scotland for every every race. It was quite good to see these other people kind of mix it up um, with the GP stars. You could tell they're mixing it up where they wouldn't normally because there's probably a lot of people outside of England who are wondering who the hell they are. <laughs> like, I'm pretty much just over the line of knowing who they are. So I imagine there's a lot of people scratching their heads wondering, like, if you've just randomly started talking about a different sport. Well, for those who don't know, Tony Craig is from Scotland. So um... we, got, we got that. Okay. We, <laughs> we have got that one point. <laughs> seems to define his life. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, we've got other riders where, you know, I, I don't want to go through and, and, and sort of mention, um, you know, everyone on and this. But we've not even the rider in eighth place had, non- had a great race and the rider in ninth place <laughs> had a great race. Well, no, it's just that, you know, what happened, the keyboard warriors and uh, a lot of these riders know us now, so they'll be saying, uh, where's my shout out? But um, let's, let's talk about Simpson. 
I just want to go back to Bobrashev quickly. Okay. Okay. Bobrashev's fine. Right. So, last year he was on the Suzuki. Does he just text you? No. I'm, I'm delaying. <laughs> I'm keeping him on topic, hoping he's going to get back to me. But um, uh, last year he was on Suzuki. The team were kind of new. They didn't have the support that they have now. Yeah. And he was like, uh, I'll say a ninth, 10th, 11th place guy. Mm-hmm. Being on a Kawasaki, and I'm kind of stepping into MXGP preview, but who cares? Does he go back to being like the Honda podium person? Or is he now just a ninth, 10th place guy? Like, does he beat Tommy? Like, I genuinely don't know. I, no. ju- I just don't know. No, and, and, and it's going to take him a few. Well, I, I don't know how severe the injury was, what he had, but I'm, I'm guessing it's going to take him a while. I mean, we still got uh, a month away until um, Matterley. Um, who knows how he's going to perform there? He's seen my message, so maybe his wrist is hurting too much for him to reply. <laughs> but no, like I genuinely wonder if we've kind of seen the decline now, or if the decline was just prompted by this whole team bike situation and he can actually go back up. I think he got better with more support that he got last year. Like I think that was quite clear. So then maybe this influx of support from Kawasaki and Boss and Boss knowing what they're doing now, like maybe he does go back to being, I think a podium guy is too much now, but maybe he goes back to being a sixth, fifth, seventh place rider. I, th- I think that whole class is, is so packed. It's just, it's just like ridiculous. Like how, like you call him a seventh place rider. If he's a seventh place rider, he's got to beat so many like former GP winners. And like, if you say he's a seventh place rider, that means you're leaving a rider like pulling out of the top six or seven. Yeah. So then maybe he's a, I don't know, maybe he's a 22nd place rider. I don't know. Like this. Like, like I say, it's not an MXGP preview, but I think this year... I'm ready to preview MXGP, though. Like if we can just get <laughs> onto that, that'd be great. But I guess we need to save something for next week. I think we do. Um, what about uh, Jazakonis? Jazakonis and sore leg syndrome. Literally, every single time Jazakonis races a Husqvarna, go online and you'll see a thing saying, oh, yeah, uh, he crashed, he's got a sore leg. Like, Italian Championship, sore leg. Third Italian Championship round, sore leg. Hawkstone, yep, sore leg. Like at some point, these sore legs have to become more than just a sore leg, no? So you're saying he's hiding an injury? No, I'm saying that he needs to stop crashing. Oh, like, okay. Sadly like, put. Like, well, I mean, I don't want to... T- I feel like everyone knows it by now. Not one to dress it up. No. <laughs> Aside from the crashing note, I was mildly impressed. <laughs> that sounds horrific, but I was mildly impressed at Hawkstone by his speed and whatever. I mean, you know... The last couple of years have been have been interesting because on Suzuki under Stefan, he really did, um, you know, surprise quite a few people. And yeah, because he came out of nowhere. Exactly. The problem is now he's not out of nowhere, so people have expectations, and that's where shit goes sideways. And last year hindered him because he spent half the year not racing. And he spent another half a year trying to uh, uh, negotiate a fun thing that is... Asamoto Honda. I think you should probably leave it there. Just, we, say, uh, just saying, just saying, I don't I'd think I'd rather that. check the insurance details <laughs> <laughs> before you start. Actually, uh, okay, I'll put, I'll put a nice little blanket on it. He's on a better team now than he was last year. No one can argue that. Okay. Cool. But this also means that expectations go up. Like, he has to, it's, it's time for him to do something. Well, is, is he number one rider? Is he number two? Oh, I've, I kind of have a suspicion that uh, Jonas isn't going to go to Argentina. How? Well, he's not been back on a what? He's been back on a bike for three weeks now. 
Oh, fun fact. Oh. oh. One thing I've noticed about uh, Jonas and uh, Jazzacone is what the hell's going on with their Instagram? Oh, what? Like they got the rock star syndrome where rock star basically, they've been signed to a rock star team and then they got an email saying, you need to step up your Instagram. It's just not natural. I- I'm sorry, but it's like a, a graphic designer on acid. Jazzaconis is particularly special. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too old oh, for this. I was going to make a joke, but I probably shouldn't make that joke. Okay. Again, try, try yeah. and keep, keep that inside. So, um, Just everyone, be nice. We're, we're like, really no, going that off, was a funny joke. We're really <laughs> going off topic. So, um, you know, let's, get, let's go back. I did mention Sean Simpson. Wait, uh, I still got stuff to say about Jazzaconis. Oh, for Jesus. Jazzaconis versus Bobrashev. Where does that go? Bobrashev is healthy. Where does that go? I don't know. What, who, do, who, would you, who do you rate higher out of those two? Bobrashev, who is an older factory rider, or Jazzaconis, who is stepping into that factory rider role? I don't know. It's depending on what you're purchasing. Are you purchasing a Just ride? results. Raw results. At the end, not at the end of the year because there are injury issues with both riders, typically. Yeah. But in a... Let's say... Okay, let's say both riders stay healthy. Who finishes higher? Uh, Bobby. Wow, that was instant. Yeah. See, I think I would have said that, but now... I don't know. I feel like Jazakonis might have got to me at Hawkstone and made me a bit of a believer. Yeah? I, uh, I say believer... I believe that he can be top eight consistently. He, I, I think he's got the ability to be top five. Uh, yeah, on the odd occasion. Yeah. But he needs to stop crashing. Yeah. Seriously, this is a problem. Like, he has crashed quite hard every single race he's done on a Husqvarna. I don't know what we've got to do, but we've got to do something to keep him on two wheels. Bubble wrap. Training wheels. Training wheels. So, looking back at the weekend. Do you want to finally talk about Sean Simpson? <laughs> I'd like to talk about Sean Simpson. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about the whole dislocated shoulder. The floor it, is yours. You talk, you've been waiting for this. You talk about Sean Simpson. No, it's, I, you know, as you do, you kind of, you read a little bit online. It took 20 minutes to get his shoulder back in place. And, uh, you know, the, the whole discussion for, for medics and, you know, the craziness, what, what's going on now with the support riders have got. I don't want to talk about that. That's another day, another show. But Sean Simpson did look good. I mean... I did nearly meet Sean Simpson up close and personal as he came through the fence in practice. Very uh, keen. <laughs> very keen. I don't think Ashbrook were too happy that he took out one of their uh, banners in about the first two laps. he didn't uh, get pole laps. position from it. No, no, but... Uh, 10 out of 10 for effort. Yeah. And dismount because he parked his bike into the fence like the best parallel park I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but um, he did look good. Yeah, he did. I think, uh, you know what? We did a poll on MX Vice about the biggest, uh, the most impressive rider, and it had Sterry, it had Monticelli. I'm kind of surprised Simpson isn't leading it. Like yeah. that's how impressed I was. I yeah. don't know what I expected though, because it's not like he's properly declined at some point in his career. Like he's still just where he always has been. But I don't know. Maybe this just reminded me of that. I, I don't think it takes an expert to work out he wasn't happy last year. No, I just think that. I don't, even, I don't know about you, but just seeing him ride around on a KGM, like ignoring results and lap times and everything, it just looks right, doesn't it? The other thing as well is you've got to put this into perspective. He, he's just had a kid. And I'm a father. I, I kind of know. I'm not. No. <laughs> it's going to be a while yet, mate. Um, the, the thing is, is once you, once you have a child, you're a provider. And uh, I think a lot of people can relate to this out there. It, you, when you've got a child, it, it makes you think. It makes you be different. It, Okay, there is the, the the thing where you're kind of 
I don't want to crash or I don't want to get injured because it's my kid. I want to grow up and da, 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 da. But at the same time, he's got a limited amount of opportunities now because of his age about actually earning good money. So I think he's more hungry than he's ever been because I think he's got to prove people wrong um, about last year. And also I believe that, you know, with, with a child now, he, he's got to make this work. Does it not just like generally seem that he always does better when he's in this kind of underdog? I mean, I'm sure he hates to hear that, but I feel like whenever he's in this situation where he has to perform and he's got like some kind of point to prove, it goes well. Yeah, I, I could completely relate to that. When there's nothing, there's nothing better than being an underdog because you want to you want to prove people wrong. It, you can't buy that. You know that that when you've got that pressure and and you've got you know you want to prove people wrong that. that I can completely relate to that. That's what we've done at MX Vice for for, for many years. So hopefully um, we're proving people wrong with this podcast show. <laughs> Freaking episode! Two, we're on to episode two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's get rid of the host. <laughs> but um, no, for me, you know, Sean Simpson looked good the weekend. I think he, he looked fresh. He looked he looked like he looked hungry. And uh, not to give like we're kind of giving a lot of credit to going to KTM and everything, but he was actually good at the end of last year. Like the last three rounds. I think he was hovering around fifth or sixth a lot. Yeah. And that was when he started to get healthy again. Yeah. So it's the same old situation. Like we said the same about Sterry. Like you kind of, a rider gets injured so many times in a row, but you get used to this thing that you think is a new normal. Then they have an off season to get healthy and it's like, oh yeah, you're actually ridiculously good on a bike. <laughs> I, was, I would say he was the fastest MX1 rider at Hawkstone. I mean, I don't think that's stretching too much. I think most people would agree. But obviously, it ended uh, terribly. But I'm surprised that he's actually going to race at La Capelle. Like, the old dislocated shoulder thing clearly isn't an issue. He's, he's definitely in. Not definitely, but he thinks he's in. Okay. And Argentina's not a problem. Like, dislocated shoulders can wreck things. To be back racing a week later and a race that's nothing. Like, he could easily bow out of La Capelle and no one would care. It wouldn't hurt his situation at all. Points. Like, it doesn't matter, but... He clearly thinks he's going to be fine to go there. And obviously, this is not an MXGP preview. But it can be. <laughs> We're there now. We're but, there. Let's just keep it rolling. But next week, we got, well, this week, we got Lacapel. Um, and there's going to be a few other riders kind of returning. One person I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, Sever Bry Lyakov. Is he um, doing Lacapel? He is. Why wasn't he at Hawkstone? Uh, Visa. He's currently in Russia at the moment. So. Um, yeah, that's quite a way away from Hawkstone. It is a little bit away. Um, but I do know that he's back and he will be racing um, a Capel. And uh, I've seen him a few times at the start of this year and he looks good. How, do these, I, uh, how do these visa issues work? Like he's, had, he's had visa issues for as long as I can remember with the whole UK thing. Like, Is this the same problem that he's just trying to fix, trying to fix, trying to yeah, fix? Yeah, this, this is a permanent fix. So the, the visa that he's going for is is the ability then to to be basically be able to stay in Europe. Why didn't he have that before? Uh, I don't really know the the ins and outs oh. of it. Um, but his his hands kind of been forced now, and he needs this visa. Yeah, and I and I think you know I don't want to get into the whole politics of thing, but I don't think the the you know him coming into the UK and the UK and the Russian government, I, I don't think are seeing eye to eye at the moment. Oh yeah, who knows what Brian spend... going to do? Who knows? <laughs> I don't spend too much time on Sky News, but. Um, and I know it's notoriously difficult um, to get visas and bits and pieces, but he, it looks like he, he he's sorting that issue out. But anyway, that's a, 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 another day, so another be show. At, he'll be at Matterley. 
Yeah, he will be at Matabi, oh. yeah. So, um, but one thing, you know, we, we've got him coming in this weekend. Who else have we got that we've not seen so far this year? I was thinking earlier, I usually get sent an entry list by now, but I've actually seen nothing. But usually, DeSalle, La Capelle is where DeSalle gets involved. So I'm guessing we'll see him. Fair play. He said he hurt his ass, didn't he, in Mantova? His ass? I mean, that sounds like ridiculously like blunt. That was actually his Instagram. So I hurt my ass. Yeah, that was literally his Instagram post. So I'm not exactly going to dress it up for him. But uh, yeah, okay. he said he was going to try and return there. I think Tixier's doing it. Tonus? I think Will Wolverine. Paul Ann? Yeah, I believe both of them are. I'm kind of... I'm waiting for Paulin to do something on this Wilvo bike. Like, he was good in Italy, but he was kind of the best of the rest behind uh, Caroli, Fevra, Geyser. And I feel like that's not where he's hired to be or where he wants to be. So I'm kind of waiting to see this little flash of something that puts him in that group. Because I still believe he can be there. I think. Yeah. And, and it, it's going to be big expectations. I mean, Wilvo, I don't know if, if, uh, if you've seen the Instagram and uh, the Facebook post from Wilvo, but their workshop... And the investment they're making is just on another level. It's good to see, though, like a private team do that. Like, we need, we almost need people like Paulin to perform for these teams so they stay around. Like, the last thing we need is for Paulin to underperform all year, piss off the Wilvo team, and then that team goes away eventually. Like, I mean, I don't think that's happening because they're kind of going up in the world, but yeah. Still, uh, like, I, we, need, I, we need teams like this. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's it, bloody amazing that they've got um, a rider like Paulin. Yeah. Because you don't see that very often. And when you do see it, it tends to go a bit sideways. So um, are you happy with, with, with how riders are progressing coming into the new season? Is there people who you would have expected to uh, be shining a little, more, a little bit more than they are currently? I think I'd say Paul. I think I'd put Paul in at the uh, top of that list, but I don't expect him to be shining more. I just think that maybe he can. Okay. But. I feel like this is going to be a career-defining year for him, one way or another. Obviously, uh, who else is there? I think a few people have uh, kind of shrugged their shoulders at what Jed Beaton did at Hawkstone, but that's ridiculous. Like, how long ago was May now? Nine months? He hasn't raced in nine months. He broke both his legs or some combination of that. There was an ankle and a leg, or everyone seems to talk differently. But uh, yeah, this is his first race in so long, and he wasn't very good at Hawkstone last year, so I don't think him and Hawkstone go too well together. <laughs> so like, I'm not looking at his 12th overall from Hawkstone and being like, this is like panic time. But I think he's going to be just fine. Like, that's where I'm so, I so want to believe that I can like, read so much into these preseason results and get excited, but I just, I just don't think he can. Well, you know that on next week's show, we're going to be looking back on this and just seeing how wrong we were. Although, actually, I will say this. I was very, very disappointed with the results from the uh, Italian Championship because I felt like I kind of confirmed that nothing's changed. Caroli is still a tiny bit above Fevre and Geyser. Fevre and Geyser are still quite equal. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of wanted to see a shake-up and a surprising result. And from that, I kind of expect to see much of the same this year as we did last year. But Hawkstone kind of delivered on the chaos front because it was just a mess. I mean, Gertz won the overall in MX2 with a 2-4, like, <laughs> I don't know what, what what chaos you want than that, but uh, yeah, cool. So um, we mentioned earlier in the show that uh, we do have this uh, random guy called uh, Spencer Wills, or 
was it, what was it spencer wills uk 71 yeah i think that's spenny, his handle. Uh, yeah he's he has a i mean i've got to know spenny from um uh from schoolboy days um and then i think he's I've also got to know him from having a, an unhealthy um, obsession with Tommy Searle. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think there's a restraining order yet, but Spenny's going to be giving us questions each week. Uh, and I believe, Sophie, you have them. So uh, Lewis do. and myself are going to try and answer, probably Lewis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are more going to be aimed at Lewis. Down. <laughs> well, I, I don't have your knowledge. I'm just going to say nothing and let you take the floor and see if you can. I, I just, it. I just network. Okay. Social media expert? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. No, we're not a social media expert. We? I was talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not one either. Oh. No. I help people. Oh. oh. You, you sure about that? Well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Um, so first question from Spenny is, I think this is more aimed at Lewis than more than anything. Uh, which MXGP track are you looking forward to going to the most and why? Really? I, I'm actually going to actually, MXGP yeah, this year. I, okay, let, all right. You, what one are you most looking forward to going to that you haven't been to before? Not Argentina, because that's a terrible flight. That's the obvious one anyway. Yeah. You're not, there is literally no chance that you're going to turn up at the airport <laughs> next Wednesday. Uh, I might get an upgrade. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Depends how well this goes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise we were doing two flights. I thought we were three. just doing... Where the hell did the third I one said, come? I explained the three earlier. We're going Heathrow to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Buenos Aires. Why are we going to Buenos... Frankfurt? Because that's just... you can't, It's hard to get a direct flight from Buenos Aires. Jeez. I mean, from uh, London to Buenos Aires. And then from Buenos Aires, you have to fly down to the track. Which okay, is another so... two-hour flight. Well, maybe you just answer this question then, because I don't think there's much chance of me going. No, no, I, sh- I, was, I actually was, <laughs> to be completely honest, I was trying to keep it a tiny bit secret from you. What, the was, whole Frankfurt thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's Germany. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah, okay. So, James, you go first. Oh, yeah, I forgot I could ask you that Shanghai. question. Shanghai. Shanghai? Why? Shanghai. I've never been there. Oh, that's a terrible answer. <laughs> what was wrong with that? <laughs> no, next, give us another one. What's uh, the second you one? You go, this? Lewis. I want to hear. I want to. I want to get further on this list first. Hong give, Kong. Okay. No, give me a proper European GP that you've never been to. I think I've been to them all. Oh, Sweden. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. Yeah, Sweden, Udvella. Yeah, I've been to Sweden, but I've never been to. As Swedish well as GP. having Mikkel Harrop stock, I have MXGP of Sweden stock because that is a bloody good event. Yeah, but that's I mean, only because of go kart. Yeah, they have go karting that you can use whenever you want, and it is. I knew he'd say that. I, know. I knew it. It is. I don't know where you go karting podcast. Don't give him any go, ideas. It's a, a go karting <laughs> podcast, a flights podcast, and I travel don't know. agent. I hope it's motocross, but who knows? Who okay, knows? yeah. So Sweden. I think that's mine. I actually think I just like pushed you into answering mine. Okay, for the above reasons. Yeah. So I I tell you what, I do love uh, Kegums because for, right, for, I don't love the drive. And the people walking through trees with Tesco's carrier bags just randomly. Right, these out. are my reasons Where's for this? Kegums. Kegums. It's 45 minutes to the track from oh, wow. uh, Riga. Oh, wow. Where's it? Where's that? You... It's Latvia, James. There <laughs> you go. Oh, you're looking at me <laughs> like you want to know answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll be fine. The 45-minute drive will seem like nothing after the 18-hour flight to Argentina. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, Riga, uh, Kegums. These are the reasons I like it. You get to stay in a city. Something a week, like sometimes you end up in the middle of nowhere and you're in a little shack in a field in France and like things get a bit sketchy but you actually get to stay somewhere that's quite like nice and cool to see 
didn't one year we stay in a really scary place with uh, barbed wire yeah, but we, improved, hotel. we improved after that we kind of learned our lesson that was the first time we went there okay um it's like a quieter gp like that's because there's no a good there. yeah <laughs> there's a good crowd but it's not on the same level as france which means that like cows. like if you're an english fan and you fly to kegums you've got more chance of being able to like speak to people speak to riders like go to a strip club that as well but like just you get to i don't know get involved a bit more in the strip club and it makes my job easier, obviously, because I don't have to fight through thousands and thousands and thousands of people to do interviews. So, selfish reasons, really. So, just, yeah, just you being really selfish. Basically, it just makes my job a tiny bit easier. But it is a nice place, and it's a cool GP. And okay. the weather's been good every time we go there. And last year, it was the other way around. The other way. Oh, the track. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care about the track. <laughs> just give me the rest of the reasons, and I'll be fine. So, basically, the track you is don't what care it is. about the track, but yeah, it you is just what it is. like the fact yeah, that the you can hang out is, in Riga. The track's all right. It's nothing special. And they've also got a nice pizza place. Charlie's Pizza. Charlie's Pizza. Yeah, and they've got a TGI Fridays, which you oh, don't always geez. get in Europe. Oh, gee, yeah. Anyway. Swiftly moving on. Yeah, moving on. Answer. Thanks, Benny. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on the under-23 rule in the EMX 250 class? Oh, Jesus. Oh, so good. I'm so bored of hearing people yell about this i feel like everyone's angry about it still yeah i think you're quite angry aren't you oh, i'm over it now oh see <laughs> just, so you're one of the people who I was i'm just bored angry of about the frankfurt flight oh wow yeah are you over it or do you want to talk about that some more what the under 23 no the frankfurt <laughs> oh no my my thought process with with under 23 i don't know if i'm answering the question for you but i it just for felt, both of us okay you take the floor okay well my my first thing was it was way too late. That that should have been announced halfway through the year. It there was teams which actually selected their riders, um, signed contracts with their riders. Marshall Wetton was locked and loaded with F and H, like as about as concrete as you can get with a deal for this year. Well, interestingly, what about Ferlotti? I mean, he was lucky that he's even riding this year because he had an EMX two fifty deal with a Yamaha team in Italy, which have now stepped up to MX two. Yeah. No, sorry, MXGP. MXGP with Bernardini, isn't it? I don't know. G- I literally cannot pronounce their team name for the life of me. Yeah. It's like a G-H-I-D-N-E-L-L-I. Yeah, they need to rethink that. Try and pronounce that. It's like yeah. Gidnelli? Gidnelli? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think the rule... I think the rule is the right thing. The way we got to the rule wasn't maybe wasn't the right thing, but... Yeah, I agree with that. I think in the end, like by the time round one starts and everyone's forgotten it, everyone's found their home, like Welton's making main events in America now. Mel Pocock's got a solid deal in England. So like everyone's kind of sorted themselves out. Once we get into the racing, everyone's going to look around and be like, oh, this was actually a bloody good move. But still, uh, it's not the question Spenny said, but then it does put pressure on EMX 280. Well, that's the issue. The issue, the issue that I see isn't the EMX. The EMX 250 class is now perfect doesn't need to be touched that is exactly what it should be so we've no longer got a 33 year old guy no um basically competing and there was an EMX, there was an emx 250 rider who as far as i know tried it last year wasn't happy that basically it was impossible to do well because of the veterans in the class so basically opted out of it for this year because of, for that reason before the rule was changed and everything who's that uh i'm not so confident in what i'm saying to say the name okay all right move on Oh, is that it? Yeah, I, think, I, I was expecting. I, I was expecting the UMX two hundred and fifty rule to be like a twenty-minute conversation. No, I was going to say a twenty-year conversation, but that might have been a bit. Uh, I think over it's been the top. too much talking about it. If I'm honest. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that, that there's probably a. F- I mean, 
there's probably a few riders out there which are, like we say, are, are out of rides. And oh, there's there's blatantly people out there who are bitter. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just think it even, been... I would even say if they changed the UMX 250 wheel to under 21, I wouldn't like turn up my nose too much. I, I don't think I would. When you, but there again, you're looking at the top. You, you look at kind of riders like Prado who are very young and. But uh, like by the time you're twenty, actually no, maybe not. I'm talking myself out of it now. Twenty twenty three is good. By the time Let's you're twenty one, you need to be in MX two anyway. If you're waiting until you're twenty one to move into MX two, like but you're that, pushing the limit a little bit. But that's the question then on MX two. Should MX two be raised to twenty five? You've just re- I've just reminded myself of how I really feel about this. Okay. But EMX two fifty class isn't like winning the EMX two fifty championship as a veteran isn't an accomplishment. Winning the EMX 250 class as a up-and-coming rider is a stepping stone to where you want to be. Like, like uh, Jet Lawrence. People are now looking at EMX 250 as, as a 35-year-old, I managed to win EMX 250. Aren't I brilliant? It's not that at all. Like, wrong. Like, that's, that is basically it. <laughs> like, it's a stepping stone. It's an, accomplish, like, it's an accomplishment for a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old. I think I'm going to get you an MX Vice tin hat this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, oh, you've, just, you've distracted me now. Um, no, but I think the problem was people were starting to look at EMX 250 and go, well, I could go in MXGP or I could go in EMX 250. Like, looking at them as even options, which isn't the idea. It's not meant to be an alternative. It's meant to be further down the pecking order. Well... I'm so mad right now. No. I'm, I'm one of the people it's, that I'm bored of hearing. It's actually a good point because the other thing which I think a lot of people don't know out there because everybody drums on about there's no money in motocross and blah, blah, blah. But f- for some of the manufacturers pay up to £15,000 for winning that championship. Yeah, like a cha- uh, manufacturer bonus, isn't it? Yeah, and, so, and some of those riders can pocket up to 50000 in a year. Yeah, well, yeah, fifteen grand for the... Uh... Manufactured championship bonus. I think it's like Imagine two and a half win, grand a race win. Yeah, win eight motos. Then you got a base salary. Yeah, like you can, and that's obviously why people were looking at it. And you can't blame them. Like they need to earn hey, money. Exactly. And what a great way if you if if you're good enough at that level to to finish in the top three, but you're going to pocket. The waters were just so muddied. Like it was so. It just got so confusing. Why, why are you bringing Todd Waters? It. That Sorry, was a that's terrible. That joke. Was, okay, just right, I tried. sit there, be quiet, and listen to me shout for about this for a little while <sighs> longer. Um. And yeah, I think I'm done actually. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, no, but... it just got confusing. That I think that's it. Everyone got confused about what EMX 250 was. Now it's clear. It's a stepping stone. Yeah, that's it. You want to be a great professional rider? You need to be an MX2 or MXGP. You can't be an EMX 250. That isn't a career option. But it's a good stepping stone to MX2. Yeah, Mikel Harrop. He's done EMX 250. He could stay down this year and win the title. He re- Ice won. 50, Ice won. Uh, him, whoever in his corner, family, they all realize that isn't where he needs to be. He needs to be in MX2. That's what matters because he's trying to move forward with his career. EMX, the EMX2T, whatever it's called now, class. What? To a 300 class. It's now called EMX2T. Oh, I better Why? brush up. <laughs> um, that is the alternative for people. There's not much money to be made in that class, but if you can't get a ride in MXGP, you can't get a ride in MX2. There is still an alternative place for you to go. The thing is, people really don't see that as a viable option and would rather go race in domestic championships. But that the structure is there now. It all works. So Ustream have actually done a good job because it all works. It's all as it should be. Happy days. And 
I'm done talking about this now. Fantastic. Okay, so <laughs> was that question two or three? My stomach, um, my stomach actually hurts that I put so much effort into that. So I kind of feel like you'll be a little bit more relaxed about this question, seeing as he's one of your bezies. Um, but when do you think Hurlings will be back? Oh, there's so many lies about this as well. <laughs> uh, uh, what do I think? I don't think he'll be back for Matley. Well, Dirk really? Rubel said as much when I interviewed him at Hawkstone. But if he's he not back for Matley, he's going to be 100 points down. I think he can make mm -hmm. up 100 points. Really? He did it last year. He had a 100-point lead. He almost, like, so he missed Indonesia. Uh, no, he missed uh, Ottaviano, came back for Indonesia. Yeah. And his lead basically went down to zero. He then, from that point on, almost built it back to 100. So what you're saying is even if he... 100 points is manageable. That, I will look, if he comes back after being 100 points down, and 100 points is presuming Caroli will sweep the first four motos. If he comes back after being 100 points down, I will look at him and be like, right, this could get interesting. 100, you know, right? 150 points, I won't even write it off. Really? Yep. So you think if he, if he misses the first three GPs, yep. he's still got a chance of winning championship? A chance. I'm not saying, like, if he was 100 points down, I would look at him as, like, equal to whoever else. But you've got to think, even though he is Jeffrey Hurlins and the, the speed he's got, three GPs is a lot of racing, as in the speed. Well, what? We've got Argentina and then a three-week break. Matali and Volkenswada back-to-back. And then I'm pretty sure there's Trentino. a weekend off between no. Trentino. No, no. Was it three back-to-back? -back? Three in a three row. Three in a row. Mm, that's going to make it tougher. I was kind of thinking in my head that if he could miss Volkenswad, have that weekend off to get ready for Trentino the following is, week. Is that the second thing you didn't know? Uh, actually, no. Earlier, you told me I was wrong, argued with me on it, and then I researched it and I was right. Okay, that's the first thing. Yep. And it's a calendar. Still dropped the ball, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm less... That's going to be tough then. But maybe he comes back for Volkenswad. Maybe he can miss Matterley and come back. But it sounds like KTM are kind of against that. Like, Dirk Grubel said he doesn't want him to rush it and he doesn't want him to have... He basically is at risk of having the same problems that Bogus had last year. We all know how that went. Uh, okay, so is that severe? It's not that severe, but if you rush it and start fucking around with it, I guess it could be. Okay. Like, it's just, it's just like complications. They're easy to come by, aren't they? So, uh, I guess... But I he did drive a broken leg before. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like your scaphoid in your wrist. It seems so simple and like nothing, but... I guess it can be quite bad. And I guess the uh, foot is a similar thing. But I don't think... I think there's a chance of him being back for Matterley. As far as I know, he's got another scan in three weeks, which puts him the week before Matterley, I guess, three weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that will be. So there is a chance, but yeah. I'll take myself out of it. Dirk Grubel said, needs a minor miracle. Okay, that's interesting. So... This, so this could be quite an exciting GP this year. I think MXGP. As much as it sucks and like he should be out there and he should be the favourite, it's going to make it interesting. But not if the Italian Championship results are anything to go by because apparently it looks like Caroli kind of has everyone else under control still. Okay. But then Caroli's going to be... I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> gone now. But then Caroli's going to be better as well because he was injured a lot last year. So he will be better in turn. So even if Herlins was at 100%, Caroli will be closer. I don't think he'll be there. But I think he'll be closer. Yeah. I don't know how close, but he'll be closer. So he'll, he, he will be a better version of what he was last year. So it's going to be a really interesting year. Uh, I guess. 
It will be. I, I'm interested to see if Herlins makes it back within 150 points and what he his approach is to that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, 150 is a lot of points. Yep, it's doable though. Okay. All it takes is Karoli to miss one round, one moto, right? Herlins comes back, he's 150 points down. Karoli crashes out of that moto. That's 25 points gone right there, presuming that Herlins wins. Yeah, but... Then you look at a 125 point gap, and that's nothing. <laughs> Any like, that's nothing. Let's be honest. Anyone okay. can knock okay. that one down in their sleep. Cool. Do you want me to yell about that some more? Or? No, no. Oh. I think we're we're all we're we're we can feel your passion. I'm really like hurting. I put so much passion into those answers. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, moving on to the final question. This is probably my favorite. If I'm going to be honest, um, can we confirm? that the new Kex pants model is Tommy Searle. Now, this came with a winky face emoji on this this, question. (laughs) This this starts to get worrying because uh, he's definitely got an unhealthy obsession with Tommy Searle. So uh, I just hope these questions get better each week. Mm. Um, I I think Kex is a a new brand out. I think I might have seen Tommy Searle. Tommy Searle got abs. All I've seen is a lot of abs Why is that even a conversation? Well, because... Because Spenny's put it in there. Yeah, but you're, you're like actually expanding on it. Well, yeah. I was trying to make it interesting. Mm. I don't really know where to go with that. I didn't know what you wanted me to go with that. You chucked it onto me. Well, you're, you're good at me. Next. Okay, so um, Spenny, so, if we could try and not not focus on the Tommy Sewell thing, that'd be great. So no more weird. I'll happily Tommy talk Sewell. about Tommy Sewell's results this year and what I expect. But not do you want me to go? Do you want me? Do you want me to go? I'll get passionate again. <laughs> passionate right. about. Tommy Sills Instagram pictures. (laughs) So on that note, I think, uh, can people send questions to to Spenny? Uh, Yes, they can send any questions that you want to ask us um, into at SpennyUK71 on Twitter. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at motocrossvice on Twitter, and search mxvice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. MX Manager. I'm very excited. I can tell because you just jumped straight in with a very intense look yeah. on your face. I thought it was, I didn't think we were going to be doing it. That's why I'm excited. No, neither did I because you messaged me and told me we weren't doing it. <laughs> well, I, I just thought we'd run out of time. It's like literally, what, we, a week or so away from, from the MXGP? Yeah, a week and a half. Yeah. And I just thought, do you know what? It, it can't be done. And then lo and behold. We always find a way. We always find a way. Quite, we've got quite a lot going on, haven't we now? We We've have, kind of gone from nothing to a lot in the short space of time. Yeah, and, you know, things have changed at MXVice, so uh, we've got a little bit of extra resources, but, you, you know, we have to be a little bit patient at the same time. So um, we have to wait for our little slot and uh, give a shout-out to Helena and Robert for um, coming through in building a new MX manager with some new rules. Yeah, it's definitely better. It's kind of what I wanted it to be for the last two years, but we just like you say, we haven't oh, been able to make go. it happen. Well, me, me, me. I was just kind of agreeing with you there, but you kind of changed that up. Did you actually come up with those ideas? Yeah. <laughs> really? If you look back in June last year, I sent you a document with all of my ideas on, but you never opened it. <laughs> but I think I read in February that you were asking people for ideas and they gave you the ideas. No, you never read that. Are you sure? Yeah, you never read that. I've never done anything like that okay, before. Okay, I'm sure there are other people's ideas and you're just sort of... You, need, you definitely need to come into episode one with some notes. Okay. So there's low confusions like this. When, when is episode one? 
next week. Okay. Next Tuesday. So this MXGP one... preview. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm ready. Like, this is over. I'm ready for that now. So our pilot episode is, 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 is doesn't count. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Count towards what? This is like episode zero, if that's a thing. Episode minus one. Okay. We're just feeling things out. Adjusting a few clickers. Feeling a few things. Loosening up. Doing some few stretches. Seeing how the equipment works. Sexual lunges. Seeing whether me and you can talk without shouting at each other for a long period of time. This is different to us travelling to uh, a race. Well, yeah, you tell me to fuck racing. off a lot more normally. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been quite good with the swearing. Actually, you've swore quite a lot and I haven't. Really? I thought you had. No, I haven't said anything. Oh. Well, this is a pilot. That's why it's going to... That's that'll stop for okay. next week. I think we're gonna have to have a look because uh, now you've dropped quite a few f bombs. I don't think there's been any c bombs yet. But oh wow! Uh, do we need to? When it goes on iTunes, do we get a parental advisory? We might have a explicit content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all because of you. Well, you didn't tell me. It's a pilot. Who cares? It's a pilot. Okay, right. We'll just so, tell iTunes we'll be better for better. Uh, we'll be better for episode one. Sure. So, if there are any children um, listening, I do apologise for Lewis. Wow! Thanks. You've really put me in a corner. Not the first time I've apologised. I thought you were going to say not the first time you put me in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, MX Manager, what new changes do we have? What new changes do we have? Uh, Unlimited transfers. I I wasn't sure about this. I think it's going to no, because I think it's going to be good. But well, no, actually, I changed my I changed that answer. It's going to be good because of another change. Prices are going to change every week, which I do like because one thing I found frustrating last year was. not that we're getting into these things, but... Like, no, let's, let's, let's talk it out. Well, no, no, it's just like <laughs> Max Anstey off of the Macross Nations. So yeah. we priced him off the um, back of yeah. that because we thought, wow, he's going to come out. It was the same out. with uh, Ben Watson. <laughs> True. Like in the opposite end of the... Yeah. Max was that way, Ben was that way. Yeah. So Everyone um, could see my hand signal, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's a cool thing, I think. Yeah, and it's going to... So ex- explain to people. I mean, we're we're we're, we're talking about. It. We know we're kind, kind of, of what's happening. Riddles. <laughs> no, but let's let's explain to people. So so you get your one point two million euros to spend yep. on riders. You choose so, uh, what two MX two two MXGP if you want to, or yeah. you can choose one team and manufacturer, but they're optional as well. Yep. So you can basically spend your money on what you like. So basically, uh, who's a good example? Tonus. Yeah. Heading into Argentina is two hundred and fifty grand. Cheap. Which is which is quite below average because well, he hasn't raced in a year. What's that in comparison to? Uh, Herlin's is six hundred grand. Six hundred grand is the max you can cost in the game because that is half of your budget. Okay. So like if you if you choose Herlin's or Caroli, you're using up fifty percent of your budget with just one rider. So really, you don't want to go for those people because if you go for those people, you want max return. So if you had Prado and Herlin's, that's all your money gone. Yeah, but you. You do that knowing that you probably are going to get max return. Okay. So, like, if you choose so, Herlins and Prado and you get 50 points and 50 points, you're happy. If I chose Herlins and Prado and they both finished second, 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 and you got 88 points, I would be like, that isn't good enough because it costs so much. Okay. And actually, 88 points isn't good enough to win anyway. So, really, no one should do that. <laughs> but <laughs> so, it is good for a season way because it's consistency. Okay, so if I was a newbie coming into this, then uh, I can't just pick a team and hope for the best. No. Whereas last year, you could pick a team in Argentina, leave it for the entire season, and check back after Argentina. Uh, and check get back after 145th. The round one, 
and maybe win two grand in vouchers or whatever our prizes were. So thirty thousand overall, but oh, okay. Um, I, I just think it sounds good. Yeah, thirty thousand sounds a lot better. Yeah, and it's the same this year, which is good. I mean, that's uh, all credit to Twenty Four MX coming up with the the goods once. Yeah, more. it's actually quite a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Like the things you can buy if you if you're consistent and you actually play this game properly, you can rack up, let's say five hundred quid a month, yeah. which means that once a month you have one good round, ten pop ups. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Like that is a like that's actually quite mind blowing. I'm actually questioning what we're doing when I say it like that. So going back, you know, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to, about prizes in a minute. But we're on Tonus prices. Okay, Tonus. So Tonus is two fifty grand heading into Argentina. He hasn't raced in a year. Lots more questions. So you kind of would choose him because you're swinging for the fences. Like you're hoping that he's going to low cost, max return kind of thing. Yeah. If he goes into Argentina and finishes seven seven then obviously if we'd done it like previous years and prices had changed, uh, stayed the same, everyone would have got him for Matterly because he's cheap and he's good. We know that now. Instead, now he will go, say he goes 7-7, seven, seven, he will go from 250 grand to 400. So then suddenly he's not as good an option. But say Paulin, who is, I think, 400,000 at the moment, say he goes to Argentina and sucks, he will go down to 200 grand and then he suddenly, although he sucked, you're like, well, maybe he'll go back up. And maybe if I do him this week, he'll be back on his good level and then I've got good value for money. It's all about finding value for money. Like Hurlins, or maybe not Hurlins because he's out, but Caroli's price won't change much because he's just going to be... Consistent. Yeah. Okay. Whereas these guys who are up and down, their prices are going to do the same. So every week you've got to kind of scroll through it and find the best value for money. So I kind of tested this today and I named my team Lewis Sucks, which I think is a great name anyway. You seem to have something against me. No, I don't. Uh, I like you. You think? No. <laughs> no, I really do like you. It's what, seven years now? Uh, eight. Eight. Oh, God. Um, we're so close to race wrecks. <sighs> That um, wasn't talked about on this edit of a pilot, so no one knows even what that means. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, interesting fact for everybody out there. Nothing oh, are you actually going back to that? Well, I've got to now. Manager. So, uh, nothing to do with MX Manager, but Lewis nearly left us for Trekker Hack. I don't even know what that is. Well, yes. I was trying to, to be p- polite for Racer. Of- yes, yes. I don't want it mentioned. Cross. I don't want the name mentioned. Let's keep it anonymous. But luckily for us and the whole of uh, MXGP, Lewis stayed here. I have a weird connection to mx vice is it me no <laughs> you were the one that you were i had a pro and con list and i was just con and it was just james in red mark yeah, you, know, you know that c-bomb we had dropped yeah. <laughs> but no um yeah okay yeah so um where were we we've we've gone completely off track mx manager prices are going to change how do we play you pick your team how? two riders oh yeah so It'll... yeah so 1.2 million you can select your riders yeah. and you can select if you want a manufacturer and also a team. I guess a minor thing that we should mention actually here is your team will actually automatically reset after each round now. True. So if you leave it, they will be blank. So I think we had, was it 4,990 yeah. players last year? So close to 5K. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're hoping to go past the 5,000 this year, which would be fantastic. But for those players of last year, you're going to have to come in each week you're going to have to pick your team. The team's going to be reset. Yep. After, automatically after each round. Automatically after each round. So you have to come in, you have to choose your team again. And then each round, was there £2,500 worth of prizes? Yeah, I think that was it in total. 
Oh, we need to check that, but there's a lot. There's a lot of money, yeah. and it goes down to fifth each round. So yeah, and there's more things coming up. I mean, we've got brands giving us uh, products. Um, there could be some experience packages which you can't buy. Um, so all this is going to be released in the next week. Um, so it's actually, you know, like like you say that the products which are on offer. But going back to Sophie's point, how do we play? One point two million. You can choose up to four riders, Nemex 2, MXGP, um, team, uh, and manufacturer. So um, I guess if you're picking KTM, that's expensive. Well, that's another change I made last because we were to and fro with getting rid of the teams and manufacturers because it was just everyone was choosing KTM. So it was effectively ridiculous. But now KTM are kind of priced out. Like if you choose KTM, you're spending a lot of money. So now it's actually worth scrolling through that list and seeing what the options are, what the value for money is, who's got what, which again, it's just hopefully, hopefully going to make it a bit more fun and a bit more whatever. So um, how many people do you think are going to pick Suzuki this year? I think no one. Is there actually, well, actually Suzuki no. Okay, strategy. Strategy talk now. Okay. You could pick Suzuki, which is the cheapest manufacturer, and then use the money saved for other riders. But then I guess not, because you don't have to choose a manufacturer. So no, in that so case, you just choose no one. Probably want to edit that one out. Idiot. Well, if a Suzuki rider turns up... Like who? <laughs> we're waiting. <laughs> just, we're just going to sit here and patiently wait for someone to turn up. To turn up on a yellow bike. Yep. Okay, so, um, so for instance, my Lewis Sucks team. Okay. I've gone with Sterry and Jacoby, because they're priced quite nicely. And the price probably reflects the fact that they could do really well or they could crash. Harsh. Not. No? No. Well, on, on Sterry at Hawkstone, I, I, I'd like to hedge my bets. That's yeah, I exactly. Him. But that's, that's a good thing. You've got data now to work off of. These prices were done before preseason internationals. Okay, cool. And are they going to change again? Not for before Argentina, no. Okay, so we're sticking to. Yep. Okay, so. And. Uh, okay, so what about. There is one more change which I do believe is happening is that you can change your team right away up till uh, nine o'clock. I think we're good at well. This one's kind of in the works as a late addition, but before it uh, entries closed, when the first free practice session began at like eleven a.m. on Saturday, mm-hmm. which obviously then a lot the weather could change, riders could get injured in practice, like a lot can happen in the time between that and the races where you actually get points. Sure. So now the hopefully the picks will change when the gates drop on Moto1, which means that you can go off of practice times, you can go off of weather changes, you can go off of crashes, injuries, like someone's coming back from injury, you can wait and see how they do in practice before you decide. But isn't that just making it too easy? No, because this is where you kind of, if you've got too much knowledge, you kind of will fall victim to that. Like you can do better sometimes just setting your team on Friday and kind of going with this image that you have in your head. Whereas... You follow practice and say Sterry sets the fastest time. What are you going to do? You're going to put Sterry on your team. Of it's course. not guaranteed, though, as we know, that he's going to translate that to the races. But it's an educated guess. Exactly. So you now, you've almost got, it's almost overcomplicating it for people now because they've, there's more than more things to consider, which then just adds to, will add to the variety and all of that. Okay, so advice for, for new people coming in. I mean, if you're going to go into Argentina, the first thing would be, Look at the results from last year. The series standings from last year. No, but who performed well in Argentina? I don't know. It was a long time ago. Do you think? It was a I long mean, surely time some ago. riders have favorite tracks. I mean, well, I do. Ben s- Watson uh, finished 4 4 there, which was a 
career best result at the time. Okay. Uh, he hates the track. Oh, well, I'd that idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so anybody listening to that one, just scrap that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, anything else we need to know? As far as changes, I think that's it. Okay, and when do we expect the link to be live? I think next week, the beginning of next week. There'll be plenty of time before Argentina, and then everything will go mental at that point. Like we've got graphics ready and social media posts ready. Basically, the week before Argentina is going to be a lot of MX manager talk. And we Excellent. can touch on it again next week uh, in the MXGP preview because I'd like to properly go through the prices and discuss who we've got on our team. Okay. Even if that. you don't want to, I'd like to do that. <laughs> no, let's do that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, again, uh, you know, thanks to 24MX for um, making this happen once more. It's uh, cool to have those guys on board. And uh, hopefully we'll have a few more announcements uh, between um, now and next week. Uh, just keep checking out our, the, our, us on Twitter and Facebook just to find out more. Next week, similar time? Yeah, we were back next week. Um, the podcasts are going to be going out every Wednesday. Um, That's the archive. Yeah, so, uh, and the, we'll be going live in the next two months. Yeah. So uh, we're going to see what the feedback's going to be on this pilot show. <laughs> yeah, keyword being pilot. Pilot. <laughs> Episode one is next week, so we yeah. will build on this. Yep, and then we'll make the relevant changes. We're looking to do a live show. We're looking to bring guests in. Um, yeah, that's one thing I think we need to talk about. Because originally we were going to do the standard phone riders and like have that as the format each week. But we kind of vetoed that, didn't we? Well, we can do that. I mean, the, 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 well, yeah, the equipment we, we as got... As far as like that being a weekly schedule. Yeah, I mean, with the equipment, what we got in the studio enables us to to talk to people and it actually sounds like the hair. But we're kind of being flexible with like what we do each week. So like we'll get riders involved as and when it's absolutely necessary, but we won't do it just for the fun of it because we feel we have to. Yeah. So like, if there's someone nearby, we'll get them in. If, if something amazing happens at the weekend, we'll phone them. But we're kind of going to, I don't know, just keep it flexible. I mean, actually, this, this isn't a question for Spelly. This is a question for uh, myself. Oh, God. What two people are you looking forward to coming into the, to the podcast show? Wait, is this like... Pick two. What? Like anyone in the world? Well, anybody... Or realistic people? Realistically. I mean, I don't think we're going to get James Stewart on here. Really? <laughs> I thought he'd been waiting Shocker. for this. <laughs> what, out of the MXGP and MX2 field? I guess the people we speak to. Well, we're obviously not getting Herlins in here. That would be a stretch. Unless, well... You never know. Well, he's busy. He's not busy at the moment. Yeah. Well, and there's no McDonald's here, so we're all good. Um, I feel like if we can... One of the things that I'm happy about our post-race podcast over the last few years is I feel like we've started to show a personality of some riders. Definitely. And if we can take the Tommy Searle that is starting to shine through there and put him here, that would be amazing. Tommy Searle or Mel Pocock? I feel like we wouldn't have to do anything. No, we just let them run the show. Maybe that's an option. Max Anstey would be good because he is like, again, we wouldn't have to do anything. No. We could just say, Max, tell us about yourself. Five hours later, we'd know everything we need to know. <laughs> Another great podcast show. Uh, ben Watson, because that that's an interesting story. Yeah, I don't... I... I feel like there's lots to get into there. Definitely. Like there is like you can dive deep into that one. See, I've got two people I'd like to bring on I who are not three. riders. You said three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first person I'd love to bring on is Roger Harvey. I mean, that guy's been there, seen it, done it. That's, and the stories he must have. I like Roger Harvey. He is like anytime you talk to him, you get a lot out of it. Yeah. You pass him in the pits and you say hello in that. 10 seconds, you're going to take something from that conversation that you didn't know. Yeah. And the other guy I'd like to bring in is Steve Dixon. Just because that 
Roger does things Roger's way, but then I think Steve is miraculous. What what he manages to do with the race team, with the with the the GP, it's it's unreal. And and the stories that we get to hear from him, which we can't ever repeat <laughs> on yeah. air, uh, is phenomenal. So I'd love to you know he, he the, the fascinating stories about Matterly and about how they've managed to run it and even the hoops they have to jump through to make that GP happen. And actually, that would be quite a nice thing to get them on before the British yeah. GP. Or even before and after to kind of find out all the problems that happened, like things that no one even sees, stuff yeah. with council or... So in the, if, if, if Steve, you are going to listen to this, it would be great to uh, get you lined up in the next couple of weeks. Sounds like you're keen. Very keen. Cool. So um, I just want to thank everybody for uh, taking time out to listen to us. Hopefully we've made your uh, drive home a little bit more uh, easier. And uh, you've managed to cope with my accent. On to episode one. <laughs> On to episode one next week. Thanks, everybody. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search mxvice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. This podcast is brought to you by 24MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24MX.com to shop now.